following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. Here we are, everybody. It's Friday. That means it's time for the Players' Lounge. I'm Nui Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. Joined by my boys, Danny McRae and Barry Church, two former Dallas Cowboys safeties. Guys, how are we doing on a Friday? Doing great. Doing great on this beautiful Friday, man. It's it's crisp air out here, so, you know, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Where, where, where is that church? Uh, just out somewhere in Colorado. Just, you know, I was meandering oh. around a little bit, so, you know, just backpacking oh, a little bit. He's, he's still out in Colorado, just, just so y'all know, man. <laughs> hey, that's, talk about a real a real time vacation. That's a real time vacation. You know, oh, me, I'm, I'm, going through I'm, I'm stuck. Yeah, like I'm stuck in the house over here, man. You know, still looking at these same walls, but it's Friday, you know, so I might give me some wine tonight. So I'm all right. I'm all right. Everything is go. good. There we go. How we doing, Dewey? Once again. Hey, baby, I'm good. I, I just, I, you know, I hope you are sending Shad Khan a Christmas card every year. Because you are looking <laughs> You earned it. Okay? You earned it. You earned it. But, but I'm just saying, Shad Khan, man, he take a lot of hits. But he better not take no hits from Barry Church in the church, man. <laughs> oh, no, we good. Yeah, exactly. You and Shad are all good. Y'all should be all good up in there. All right, let's dive into it. <laughs> A bunch of, of Dallas Cowboys news. Uh, the Cowboys announced three hirings um, this week. And let's start with Joe Vitt Jr., uh, uh, a guy we've already spoken about, secondary coach, passing game coordinator. He was in Atlanta with Dan Quinn. Um, he's also coached with Mike McCarthy. He was a part of the Packers Super Bowl winning team, Super Bowl 45, which they won over at Jerry World. And uh, his first three years with, with the Packers, uh, they let the NFL in interceptions twice. He's a 14-year veteran. So now that that's official, you've got a guy on the back end. Dan Quinn is a defensive line coach. They hired a defensive line coach, uh, Aiden Dirty. Uh, he's from England, by the way. He's you know English. English he was uh, uh, He's a Brit. And uh, yeah, he, he was, was on the team with us. Oh, was he? he was on the team on that 2014 um, playoff run. He was uh, he was like the, the the quality control guy. He was he was around our team for a while. He was a cool dude. All right, what else can you tell us, man? Oh man, like he he was he spent his whole time with the defensive line. He was over there with Big Cat, and he was basically like a like a mentor to. Uh, he, well, Rob Marinelli was his mentor. Basically, he brought him over from England. You know, he was learning the game. You know, he was all all about soccer. But with him, he loved the game of football. So he would always do football camps over there in England, bringing uh, just bringing that football culture to those guys out there because they're used to just playing soccer twenty four seven. So that's where if you if you know I don't know if you guys know, but FA I don't I don't want to butcher his last name. F-A. I think it's FA. Yeah. Yeah, we just called him F.A. I think his last name was Ibada or something like that. But he plays for the Carolina Panthers. But anyways, um, Aiden was one of his like mentors over there in England. And he had brought him over with the cow- to play with the Cowboys. He was kind of like this practice squad guy, kind of just he came from England. He didn't really know much about football, but he had a crazy physique. And this guy was very athletic. So he ended up playing for us for, I think he was on a practice squad for a year. Then he went to Carolina. And he's actually blossomed a lot in Carolina over there as a defensive end. But a lot of that was... From, uh, from Aiden, who brought him over from England. And so I'm just glad that he's able to get a job as a defensive line coach and get his start in the NFL because this is a guy that he, he paid his dues. I mean, he went, he was over in England.
England, crashing and clawing to get football over there. And then the Cowboys gave him a chance. He's kind of a quality control guy over here. And he kind of just blossomed into this coach now that he's here with us. So for, for sure, I'm, I'm glad for the hire. And um, hopefully, you know, he can continue his great success here in the NFL. So, so Church, and I, I got to play devil's advocate here and say, you know, we, we got a guy by the name of Big Cat here who some of us uh, may have thought that, that, that may have been a, a possible hire for the defensive line coach as well. So what do you think about Big Cat not, not getting that job and them, you know, hiring Aiden uh, from outside? Yeah, that one that one's kind of a dagger right there because because we all know Big Cat. We love Big Cat. Um, I mean, he was there each and every year. I was a part of the Dallas Cowboys and he was, he's a great friend of mine on and off the field. And uh, you, you hate to kind of see him not to get an opportunity like that because he kind of paid his dues behind Marinelli. Um, he learned everything behind Marinelli. And he was kind of the guy that that orchestrated that defense or that D law emergence as a um, as a defensive end in his league. He worked with them every day after practice and before practice. And next thing you know, D law became a perennial Pro Bowl player and one of the highest paid guys in the National Football League. So um, Big Cat knows what he's doing out there. He was a veteran in his NFL league for a long time, and he can relate to the players. So you hate to see uh, somebody like that who's paid his dues not really get an opportunity to uh, be a head coach or be a head defensive line coach. Um, but, you know, I'm sure his opportunity will come um, once in a while, one of these days. I'm sure it'll come. Absolutely. So let me pick, piggyback on this. Um, he was the assistant D-line coach. I, I, I I don't know if he's back as, as the assistant D-line coach, but what does it do to a guy's confidence when you see someone who was in your same position like Mark Colombo, former player, hasn't served as an assistant, and eventually rose up. Mark got to become the offensive line coach for the Cowboys. And here you are, Leon Lett. You know, you had a better career than Colombo. You were part of three Super Bowl teams. You played this game. You've helped mentor and develop guys, and you get passed over for someone who was a practice squad player who never played in the league. How does that? How how do guys process that? Uh, well, if it was me, I mean, I, I or go ahead, D Mac, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was gonna say. I mean, I, I'm sure it's a tough thing to do, but. If you think about Leon Ladd and him, him being uh, being the guy that he is and playing in the league for such a long time, he's faced a lot of adversity. And he's been able to put stuff behind him and keep moving forward, knowing that his chance will come. So I don't think he loses any confidence. I think it, it just puts a bigger chip on his shoulder. He's going to prove himself, and once he does get his opportunity, I think he'll be a, a great D-line coach. His temperament is a little different than some other guys. He's more of like a player's coach. And uh, you just have to have the right guy who wants to hire hire that type of coach. But I think once he gets his opportunity, and he knows this, that, that, that he will be able to be a successful de defensive line coach. Yeah, and I think, D-Mac, you, you hit it right on the head, man. His, I think his temperament um, is kind of holding him back a little bit, to be honest. I mean, most guys, when you think of a D-line coach, you think of a guy that's in your face. You know, we don't take any BS here. You know, just basically all just intensity, just all intense. And that's the exact opposite of Leon Lett, man. He, he was called Big Cat for a reason. I mean, this guy is smooth. He's, he, he's smooth, but he's very <laughs> calm. He's very calm. You never really see him get angry or get frustrated. And I'm not sure if that, you know, that's going into, you know, his coaching or interview or anything like that but he's very very calm very just very mellow and I don't know if that kind of fits with the with the NFL nowadays but hopefully he'll be able to get his opportunity soon all right um let's sum up these two position coaches here and and I go back to something I spoke about weeks ago right here on the players lounge which is brought to you by hotels.com was that if you were going to bring in a new defensive coordinator what you needed to do was allow that coordinator to bring in coaches that he knew so these are two coaches that Dan Quinn worked with in Atlanta. 
He's got a guy who can work the back for him. And he's also the passing game coordinator. Dan's um, expertise comes in the defensive line. So he brings in a guy in Dirty who knows exactly what he wants up front with the defensive line. And I guess the middle linebacker position will, I mean, the linebacker position will see if they keep the guy who'd been there because that guy had been with McCarthy, Al Harris. I, I'm assuming Al Harris will still be a part of this uh, defensive back unit as a coach. He was also a guy who was with McCarthy and Green Bay. So I anticipate those guys will have some type of role there. But I just think one of the biggest problems, I know one of the biggest problems between Chris Richard and Rod Marinelli is they had different philosophies on how the back and the front should work. I remember that uh, Chris Richard wanted to bring in a linebacker coach, but the Cowboys said, no, we got Ben Bloom. You got to go with Ben Bloom. And Ben Bloom and Chris Richard had issues. So right out of the gate, I want to commend the Cowboys for at least giving Dan Quinn a opportunity to bring in the coaches so he doesn't have to coach the coaches. And it seemed last year that was a part of, uh, of an issue that I thought Mike McCarthy at times spoke about when he talked about not having continuity with the staff. So at least you're bringing in some defensive guys here who have a continuity with the head coach, Danny. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. I, and I really don't think that they have like, really put an emphasis on that since they hired Rob Ryan, who was able to bring in all of his guys. Uh, like you said, Christian Short and Rob Marinelli were, were two guys who were running the defense, and they didn't really see eye to eye on certain stuff. Rob Marinelli was a rush four, you know, play cover one type guy, and, and Christian Short was a, a cover three type guy with a little bit of disguise, but, you know, j just play your position and make some big hits and get some turnovers. So that they saw things a little different. And, yeah, shout out to the Cowboys, but I don't think they really had a choice in this one because if you just look at the defense over the past few years, we hadn't been successful. So you have to try something new, and if you really want to give Dan Quinn a fair shot, you have to let him bring his guys in, you know, so, so he can put those guys in the uh, best position possible. And they know him. They know what he wants to run. They know how he wants to teach it. And that can only help these guys, right, so everybody can be on the same page. Because like they say, if we all right, we good. If we all wrong, then we still all right. But once you guys, though, once you have those guys on different pages and, and half the secondaries playing cover two, half the secondaries playing cover one, then you, you can't be successful in that play. But if you have all the guys playing the same thing on every single snap, then you have a good chance of uh, being successful on defense. One of the most critical hires that they made was Harold Nash Jr., who becomes the strength and conditioning coach. And this is, as you guys can tell, t tell all of our, our Players Lounge uh, listeners and viewers, the strength coach in the offseason is one of the most important coaches in the entire building. Church. Yeah, you, you're not lying about that one. I mean, well, first and foremost, we met, um, we met the new strength and conditioning coach during the offseason when uh, me and McCray were in there just working out. And he's a great dude, and, I, and I'm sure he will get the most out of his players um, during this strength and conditioning process. But... During the offseason, this is the guy you need to become best friends with. I mean, this is a guy that's going to put you through everything to get you ready for the season. You don't even see your coaches for the most part. I mean, you might run into them in the hallway or you might, you know, see them in the, in the cafeteria or something like that. But the strength and conditioning staff, those are the guys you're going to be with night in and night out, working out, doing whatever you got to do to get ready for the season, especially if you're rehabbing. Those are going to be your best friends throughout, throughout the whole offseason. So you got to get to know this guy and you got to get to know this guy very soon because when it's, when it's offseason, the program starts picking up you know if we don't have you know the COVID protocols and all that stuff once that thing starts picking up you're going to need to hit that thing full ground running and I, I believe they got the right guy to do it yeah and, and like church said we met him uh throughout the throughout the offseason and, and he seems like a stand-up guy man he seems like he's going to be great in that position he also has a hell of a track record man he's been doing this for a long time around the league and 
And like you said, man, the strength coach, people don't realize how important that guy is and that, the, the guy and the, and the whole strength staff because there is nobody more in tune with improving your performance uh, throughout the offseason than the strength staff, right? The coaches, they get you uh, and, and, and they have depended on the strength staff to, to help them I guess cultivate whatever your weaknesses were that previous season or, or, or weakness that they see on film. The strength coaches are the guys who they depend on to help you improve that, right? So throughout the whole offseason, the, the, the way that the coaches are communicating with the strength coaches, hey, we need this guy to be able to do this better next season. So when training camp comes, it's the strength, cap, uh, strength coaches' uh, job to be able to say, hey, this is what we did, this is how they improved, and this is why this player is playing better. He's faster, he's bigger, he's stronger this season so strength coaches are probably the most important uh, is, uh, people as far as to the players and their improvement of performance throughout the offseason I got I a quick question for say, both the uh, oh. I got a quick question what, 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 what do you guys think of them not um, promoting Kendall up to the top top uh, strength and conditioning coach I mean he's been there for a long time he was under um, he was he was he was under Wojcik for the for the longest him and Brad Best I just want to know what y'all thought about him not getting promoted up to that top strength coach conditioning uh, yeah I don't listen I, I think that's a tough one just because Kendall doesn't have as much ex experience as the guys who had came before him I think they are building up his, his experience and I think he's going to get some looks as he moves on uh, and gains more years uh, with the Cowboys. I think his next move will be his best move, and I think he'll, he'll get a, a head strength coach job wherever he goes next. But right now, I think they just went with a guy who has more experience uh, in that position. You know, right, right here, just reading the, the bio for Harold Nash Jr., 16 seasons in the National Football League. Um, you know, the assistant strength and conditioning coach for, for Marcus Paul last year. And, you know, talk about just him working in Detroit, um, working for the New England Patriots. So, you know, he's, he's been around. Um, and just like we talked about with Big Cat, uh, Leon Lett not not getting promoted to be the D line coach. It's it's tough, and, and how do you how do you handle it? Uh, we'll see, we'll see. But um, obviously, this is a guy that Marcus Paul, the late Marcus Paul, God rest his soul, um, was grooming. And I give the Cowboys credit for this one thing here. Obviously, they thought that Marcus Paul was grooming him and they were comfortable with him. And I do think it's important to have someone in that position who understands the culture, understands the coaching staff, and understands the Jones family. I think this would be a tough job for anyone to come into who didn't have an understanding of how the Dallas Cowboys organization works. Okay. All right, Kellen Moore interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles to become their head coach. He did not get the job. The job went to someone who has less qualifications than Kellen Moore. The job went to a gentleman named Nick Sirianni, who's the Colts offensive coordinator. Kellen Moore has called plays the last two seasons in the National Football League. Sirianni, freshly hired by the Eagles, has never called plays. Frank Wright called the plays. But because there was this feeling that Carson Wentz has been lost since Frank Wright left Philadelphia as the offensive coordinator to become the Colts head coach. And since they couldn't get Frank Reich, they got the closest thing. They got somebody who stood next to Frank Reich. So this is the mindset <laughs> of the Eagles to hire their next head coach to say, you can fix Carson Wentz. Um, okay. Uh, personally, I'm not buying this. I, I, I'm just not buying it. What about you, McCray? 
Listen, uh, I, I'm not buying it, and I, I think the Eagles are in shambles right now. I don't think they really have any idea what's going on. And, and, and like, I think we, we were texting in the in our DM, and, and you were saying something about Kellen Moore getting an interview, and I was like, listen, they are interviewing everybody. I mean, just because Kellen Moore got the interview doesn't mean anything. I think they interviewed ten or eleven guys for that job, and uh, and, and and most most of the guys had had the feeling that they weren't going to get it. They were just running through the middle of of seeing what it was, and oh, albeit to our surprise. It was a guy that nobody expected to get the job. For the Cowboys, I think it's great. I don't I don't know what this guy is going to be as a head coach, but I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be coaching and beating the Cowboys. So for us, I think it's great. Uh, I, I don't understand the move. Uh, I would have, you know, I probably would have took the chance on Kellen Moore because, like you said, he has some creative stuff and, and they want to do something different. But, you know, wh- what do we know, man? Like I said, we're not GMs. We're just, we're just talking heads here. Yeah, and I'm I'm in agreements with all you guys on this one. I just don't understand the hire. Uh, I'm sure it has something to do with Frank, right? You know, they, they give, giving his blessings to the Eagles, saying, you know, this is the new up and coming guy. Even though he didn't call plays for me, you know, he was involved in the in the game plan process, and this is a guy that's going to fix Carson Wentz and all that good stuff. I, I just don't understand it, man. The guy he, he wasn't calling plays. He has less experience than Kellen Moore, and not saying Kellen Moore was the best, you know, option to hire for the Eagles, but overall, I mean, I feel like they're just giving guys that you know who got the blessings if it's Andy Reid he got, gave him his blessings he'll give it to him if it's Frank Wright who had the best season with Carson Wentz he gave him his blessings for Cesario so now he's the head coach over there I just I don't get it I don't understand the, the hiring process um, these past couple years because you got guys that just haven't they haven't done much, but are getting these head coaching jobs. I mean, look at Zach Taylor. Look at the guy from Texas Tech who's over at Arizona, Cliff Kingsbury now. I mean, these guys, they just don't, they haven't done that much to be able to consider to have a head coaching job. But here we are, right there, ready, they're getting their jobs. And then you have guys like Eric Bieniemy who they say, you know, don't call the plays or anything like that. But, I mean, he, he's orchestrating an offense that's one of the best that we've seen in NFL history. And, and he all he can get is interviews. So for me, I, I just don't understand the hiring process right here. But like like McCray said, it's good for the Cowboys because I don't see the Eagles getting out of this dumpster fire anytime soon. Shout out to shout out to Ty Balls and uh, Eric Bieniemy, man. We don't we don't understand it. Like the church, you mentioned that Andy Reid giving blessings, and that's one blessing that he can give, and they still not giving him a head coaching job. So it's perplexing to me, and hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully next season we start to see a change. One of these one of these years we'll start to see a change in this stuff. But Ty Bowles orchestrating that defense over there in Tampa, and you know what he had to deal with with the Jets. I, I think he deserves another chance. And Bienemy, he absolutely deserves uh, deserves a shot because what he's doing up there in Kansas City, they are on their way possibly to their second Super Bowl in a row. And you telling me this dude can't get a head coaching job versus some of the guys who are getting it currently? It, it doesn't make sense. Oh. Well, it makes sense, and it's not perplexing. At the end of the day, we're watching people get jobs who have mediocre resumes, okay? Mediocre resumes. And some gentlemen with a resume of not much at all here. Um, And you're looking at guys, and oh, by the way, guess what? They're black, they're qualified, they can't find a job. So it used to be, if you were standing next to Andy Reid, oh, we bless you, you got it. Matt Nagy got it, ended up going to uh, Chicago. He's been to the playoffs twice. Doug Peterson got it. He ended up going to the Philadelphia Eagles and won a Super Bowl. Uh, John Harbaugh once worked for Andy Reid, ended up going to Baltimore, and he won a Super Bowl here. So now we want to say this guy's not worthy, but we've had three other people come from Andy Reid's tree, and this guy was a part of 
the only Super Bowl winning team Andy's ever had. It's been a part of Patrick Mahomes' career. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes is put, is going on, on a Hall of Fame pace. He's won an MVP. Patrick Mahomes has said, Eric Bieniemy is ready. Andy Reid has said, Eric Bieniemy is ready. This speaks so much to me of what happened to Tony Dungy. When Tony Dungy was in Minnesota, was coordinating defenses for Denny Green that were number one in the league. And then we heard, oh, Tony doesn't interview well. Really? Okay. Um, look, mm. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. The guy's got the resume, and yet you watch someone like Brandon Staley get the Chargers job after spending one year as a coordinator in the National Football League, albeit a very good year. But he spent one year as a coordinator in the National Football League. I believe he's got four total mm. years of experience in the NFL. And these are guys who haven't even played in the league, okay? Sirianni ain't played in the league. Brandon Staley mm. and the Rams, he didn't play in the league. These dudes are under 40 years old. Here's Eric Bieniemy, a guy who played in the National Football League, has coached in the National Football League for years, has been right there with Andy Reid, and now we say, yeah, man, you ain't calling plays. You ain't good enough. And when you ask yourself, what's the difference? The difference is not in the resume. He's got a better resume. The difference we see out and out screams you is the color of his skin. You want to tell me I'm wrong? Go ahead. Go ahead. But please, tell me what the differences Listen. are when we watch people with Listen. small resumes get jobs over people with real qualifications. I, I, I'm, not, I'm definitely not going to tell you you're wrong. I think you're absolutely right. And I'm, and I'm going to throw this shot out there. If you want to talk about not interviewing well, I, I would love to see the interview for the guy who just got hired for the Detroit Lions because the uh. shit that he came out there with <laughs> talking about biting kneecaps and, and doing all type of crazy stuff. Did he say this? Is this the type of stuff that he said? Because this will happen, right? So you got, you got Soleil who went to the Jets and he says all gas, no brakes. That is perfect, especially for what we're doing now, right? That that sounds like it's something that can work as a mantra for your team. When you talk about, man, if we get kicked down, <laughs> on the way up, we're going to start biting kneecaps or ankles, that, that just doesn't make sense. But I know that's not the first time he said it, and I know that's like the way that he talks when he's doing these interviews and he's trying to show how hype he can get. And you telling me that that's an interview that can get you hired? And I've seen uh, the enemy do an interview uh, when he was talking about not being hired and him focusing on what he can do now for the Kansas City Chiefs win the Super Bowl, he looked a hundred times better than the dude from Detroit as far as interviewing, so it, 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 that, that doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it don't well, make sense to me either. The, the guy from Detroit, I mean, he sounded like a professional wrestler. I mean, like you said, D-Mac, he was out there talking about when we get up, we're taking kneecaps with us. We're giving ankle holds. I'm like, come on, man. You're, you got to be a professional here. We're, you're, you're getting inducted as the, as the head coach of the Detroit Lions, and you're talking about biting knees and getting knocked out, man. I, like McCray said, this is just all perplexing to me. I'm not, I don't understand why the enemy, who, he, like the people saying he does an interview well, but I mean, he, he wins. He wins, and, he's, and he's, he's in a culture where you have he's cultivated one of the best quarterbacks, one of the starts of the best quarterbacks we've ever seen in uh, Patrick Mahomes. So for me, I, you know, like I said, it's a head-scratcher, but hopefully he gets his opportunity soon. No, hey, no, wait, no, wait, before we go, wait, before, before we go, answer this question for me. Because I, I, I'm having a hard time understanding what it means, and, and you probably know more about it than I do. When, when, when they say not, they don't interview well, do you have any idea of what they mean? Like, do they, they not talk to to the to the owner and GM, right? Or they're not able to piece together full sentences? Like, what do they mean when they say they're not interviewing well? This is a lie, 
okay, that's all it is. It's, this is the lie to get you out of saying, well, we went higher than the guy. We, we didn't like it. So the easiest lie I can tell you, which is something you can't dispute, is to say, oh, he didn't interview well. And you're not going to say exactly what it was wrong because you're going to protect the guy. But that's the easy lie that you, and comfortable lie you can get out of saying that somebody wasn't um, who you were going to hire. And you're just trying to take the heat off yourself. And you're also trying to, quote, unquote, protect the okay. person. So this, once again, this is the lie. They said that about Tony Dungy. This is the lie. And one of the things about Tony Dungy I, I laughed at, too, um, when he was trying to get head coaching jobs, there were people saying, well, there's not enough emotion coming from Tony Dungy to, that we think a head coach should have. And here's why I always say I thought that was absolutely hilariously and funny. Who did Tony Dungy play for when the Super Bowl for? Chuck Noll. Chuck Noll was not mm -hmm. a rah-rah guy. Uh, Tom Landry was not a rah-rah guy. So it's interesting to see how are the goalposts move, what are we using against a candidate? And what are we using to prop one guy up? So if we say one guy does an interview well, then we're going to say that, well, this one particular guy has energy and this one particular guy has bright, innovative things. So um, these are the code words that people use um, to say we're not going to hire a guy. Is it, oh, he didn't interview well. So there, there, there you go. That's that's how it works here. Dan Campbell did cut a WrestleMania promo. Okay, you know, <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage would have been very proud of, of what Dan Campbell cut. But but let me say this. By the way, WrestleMania coming to coming to coming back to Jerry World here in a couple of years. So I'll be excited about that. Uh, I covered Dan when he was here. Uh, as a tight end for Bill Parcells and also helped Jason Witten as a rookie uh, learn the ropes in the National Football League. Uh, I don't question Dan's energy or desire to be good. Um, that He's going to push people. He's going to demand excellence. Dan is that kind of guy. But obviously you guys played in the league and you know um, that rah-rah stuff doesn't work. What works is, do you have information? Can you make guys get better? You know, we, we see that with a guy like Bill Belichick. You know, you're gonna, can you teach me and coach me and get me better, get me a decided advantage on Sundays? That's what has to come out there. But, um, you know, I, I'm rooting for Dan, said I like Dan. But look, at the end of the day, here's a guy who was a tight ends coach in New Orleans who didn't call the plays. We all know Sean calls the plays. So that's where, once again, you say to yourself, how is it a guy who's a tight ends coach and Dan Campbell can get a job? How can a guy who's a special teams coach and Joe Judge get a job, but you sit up here and you look at the resume of an Eric Bieniemy and you say, this guy can't get a job? That is the frustrating thing for coaches. Hey, let's take a break right here. Uh, we also have to make our picks for the uh, playoffs and our picks for last week were like, woo, whoa. Uh, also, let's talk about some of the other coaching <laughs> openings that are going on there. And I've got a criticism of Mike Tomlin, okay? And, and it's a personal thing for me that I've heard from other coaches. And it may surprise you guys about what they're saying about, and this is what black coaches are saying about Mike Tomlin, the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll do that next right here on the Players' Lounge on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. 
Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. To the Players' Lounge. Hey, looking for something different? You want to change up your dinner routine? Help support local Frisco businesses by choosing one of over 30 restaurants at the Star District. For more information on delivery, takeout, curbside pickup, dining, and uh, dining options, visit thestardistrict.com. You're back on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. We in our SWBC Home Virtual Studios, SWBC uh, Morgan. We appreciate them. All right. Um, McCray is, is, is here in town. I'm here in town. Church is, is out there <laughs> gallivanting across the country, you know, <laughs> living a life like he's golden, baby. You know, living hey, that Shy Khan life, man. And I love it. Shout baby, out to Shy Khan, man. We living through Shout you. Shout out to so Shy Khan. Absolutely. <laughs> I've got to come to you for, for what Shad Khan recently did. He hired Urban Meyer, who's a legend in in that area because that the Jacksonville's Gator country, Florida Gator country here. Mm-hmm. So um, he, he's, he said he was done coaching and health issues, but he decided to come on back. I hear he's making about $12 million a year. So they've got the number one pick, plenty of cap money. Danny, what do you think about Urban Meyer coaching the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm throwing that to church. That's, he's he's Sean Khan's guy. Oh, go ahead, Chuck. I mean, I want your take. I want everyone's take here. But I'm going to start with you first. Go ahead, D-Mac. He'll, go ahead, D-Mac. Church, church, church will give us the big finale ending on all this. He'll put the bow on. I, listen, listen. I, I think, I think for, for Jacksonville, I think it's an okay move. Like I, said, like I said last week, the only thing that I worry about with Urban Meyer is his health. Uh, a lot of times you see him, you know, like if they have videos of the guy bending over, rubbing his head. He, he's getting these serious headaches. And I, you just don't know how much he's able to focus on being able to run an NFL football team for the first time while also dealing with his health issues and worrying about his family. Because majority of the time when he left, that, that's what he pointed out, my health. I need to worry about being with my family and being here for my family. So that's the only worry I have. I think he'll be able to run a successful offense, especially he get a college guy and he'll be able to 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 kind of shape his offense around what that guy is able to do. You've seen him be able to be successful at Florida at, uh, and at Ohio State. 
So I, I think offensively they'll be good. They need to hire somebody who can who can help them defensively. And shout out to my guy Joe D. Camillas who just left. So they're they're going to need a replacement uh, special team coach guy because Joe Joe D. Camillas is one of the best in the in the business. So they just lost a very important piece of their coaching uh, organization. So they he needs some pieces, but I think he could be successful as long as his health is okay. Yeah, I think um, I think the hire of Urban Meyer, I think it was a very solid. I think it was a good hire. Uh, one, it'll bring a lot of energy. It'll bring a lot of juice to that town in Jacksonville because, like you said, Nui, that's it's a college town. It's an SEC, ACC type of town. And when you bring a guy like Urban Meyer in, who is a basically a college Hall of Fame type of type of coach, it's going to bring some juice to the organization. So I think in that regards, um, it was a good hire. The only thing that kind of I have questions about with Urban Meyer is how invested is he going to be in this team I know he's making 12 million dollars I know he has all these picks and he has the first he has the first pick in each round and he can bring his own type of system to get his own team there but how invested is he going to be because if we like we know the health issues are there and I feel like when things aren't going too well when things are starting to go on the downslide when things are getting a little bit slippery I feel like Urban Meyer bails out man I feel like when it was at Florida when they once Tim Tebow was gone and and they lost all those guys and Percy Harvin and all those guys were gone and, and, and Florida was starting to go down a little bit. They weren't reaching those SEC title games as much. He, he bolted out of there. And then when he went to OSU, they were a loaded team. They were stacked. He took them to the to the national championship, Zeke Elliott and all those boys. And once they started going down, I mean, he, he bailed it out as well. I mean, he, he said, you know, health issues and all that. But, you know, I just don't know how invested he's going to be in this team if things start to get a little rocky down there. If he's if he treats these teams like a college team, because because that, that's the main difference when you're coming from college to NFL. You're dealing with grown men. These men have kids out there. These men are paying bills and they're making a lot more money. Well, most of some of them make a lot more money than you will be as a head coach. So for <laughs> me, it's just how does he handle the transition of uh, coaching guys in the NFL? Because it's a lot different than college. And how invested is he going to be in with these guys in the long haul if things start to get rocky, if things start to get shaky and people start pointing the fingers at him? So we'll see. Hopefully it's a good hire and hopefully he's able to bring Jacksonville back on the map. Obviously, there's a hey, case sir. behind me. I've got two. What's happening? Go ahead, McCray. And I was gonna say, church, church, church. One thing you said, one thing you said. Listen, Urban Meyer was getting up out of those schools once those improper, uh, improper conduct uh, violations started coming down. Man, ding, Florida started getting those things. That's what Urban ding, Meyer started getting out of there. I didn't want to say. Like, I hey, didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say. I didn't want to say. Thank you, Danny. Thank you, Danny. So the posse was coming down. The posse was coming. Hey, like I said, they started getting a little rocky. They started getting a little shaky. They get a little rocky. They start pointing fingers. Hey, my boy was like, I'm out of here. Y'all ain't gonna catch me. My heart hurt. My heart hurt. I gotta go. My heart hurt, man. I'm out of here. These prescriptions, man. I gotta go, man. Hey, I've got this library behind me here, and I've, re I've read two books about Urban Meyer. One, he actually wrote. Uh, I'm not a fan of the dude, but I am a fan of his leadership and his ability to build an organization. And Danny, um, you and I know that it's about organizations. And Barry, you played in that organization. And that's the, th that's the thing to me where I believe they need. You were there with Tom Coughlin. He was supposed to be the vice president, but to me, he seemed like he was trying to be the head coach over Doug Marone. And then he had the GM, David Caldwell. I just always thought there was a bad organization going on there in Jacksonville. So if you've now said 
Urban Meyer's on top and he's going to run things. To me, I think that's the first thing Jacksonville needed is that everybody needed to be on the same page. And and I think Urban Meyer can do that, which he's done at, at Utah. He did it at Florida. He did it at Ohio State. If he can do that at Jacksonville, that right there alone is going to help the organization because I just felt like you never knew where this team was going. You're 100% right. I mean, when Tom Coughlin was out there at practice, man, you you supposed to have – Barone was the head coach, and he was, you know, he was pointing everything around, getting everything situated, but you always had Coughlin literally right over his shoulder writing in a notebook just like, hmm, I don't like that. Mm-mm, I don't like that. And, and you could just see – and people were starting to, you know, not respect Marone as much because they were thinking, you know, basically we're going to go to Tom Coughlin if we, if we need something solved. And I think that was kind of the problem here in Dallas as well. I mean, you had that pipeline from the players straight to the owner and Jerry, and they, and they would kind of overstep JG. They would kind of overstep McCarthy. So, to me, that's a big problem. But if Jacksonville, they give all the rights to, to, uh, to Meyer where he doesn't have to look over his shoulder for somebody, I think that'll be beneficial, and I think he can bring some juice back to that organization. All right. Our friends at OtterBox want to give you the ultimate tailgating, home-gating pack. This awesome set is valued up to 800 hundred dollars all right here's what it comes with two otterbox venture 25 coolers one plain and one with the dallas cowboys 1960 uh established logo on top of it also an otterbox elevation 20 tumbler and an otterbox elevation 10 tumbler iphone 3 uh, a phone soap 3 otterbox i should say otter spot wireless charger two free case cards now all you got to do to jump on this is follow Otterbox and Dallas Cowboys on Twitter. Then retweet the designated tweet on the Dallas Cowboys Twitter account with the hashtag. All right, here's the hashtag: tailgating with Otterbox. All right, that's O T T E R B O X. For official rules on how to enter, go to DallasCowboys.com/backslash tailgating with Otterbox. So make sure you check that out. And of course, when I do this read. Barry's wants to know where he gonna get his free stuff at. I'm not in charge of it, buddy. I'm not in charge. Of it, <laughs> I need I it. To, I, I need the freeness. <laughs> I'm all about free 99. Man. I need it. <laughs> I'm signing up. I'm signing up right now. I'm going to retweet. Uh, what do you say? DallasCowboys.com/slash/tailgate with Autobox. Huh? I need eight hundred dollars worth of gear now. So I'm, I'm going to retweet, bro. And I better win. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. No, no, it's, it's not a team thing, bro. You, we, we're not, we, we're not splitting coolers because they giving you two. Both of them coolers, mine. <laughs> they, they, they both of us. We keep them in my house. <laughs> oh man. Well, all right. Let's let's take another break here. We we've got to make our playoff predictions. Okay, we got to get into that. And something that the Cowboys have done that. You know, that's pleased me so far. Uh, I'm going to say something else that I need. They need to go with this one more step to, to please me again. And also, my criticism of Mike Tomlin, something he did and something that has other black coaches upset at him. We'll dive into that next on the Players Lounge, DallasCowboys.com radio. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. (laughs) 
Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. Back to the Players' Lounge. Hey, get the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Join <laughs> Dallas Cowboys United, presented by Globe Life Now, and get an exclusive fan pack and member benefits. Memberships start at just $20. Join today at DallasCowboys.com slash United. You are in the Players' Lounge. You're in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. I'm going to be Scruggs Longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by two <laughs> former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Danny McCray and Barry Church. All right. Mike Tomlin has gotten criticism and it's happening with black assistant coaches and i had several conversations with people and here's their criticism of the head coach of the pittsburgh steelers who is black that mike tomlin has never hired a coordinator of color that mike tomlin who works for organization that does not fire its head coaches a man who has won a super bowl who is as secure as you can get in the national football league has never done his part in terms of trying to help promote and put people in the pipeline, okay? So when you see Mm. coaches who are black get head coaching jobs, they get them because they're coordinators, okay? You don't see a, you don't see, you don't see coaches of color go from tight end coach to head coach or special teams coach. You, know, you don't see that, okay? You know, Robert Sala, uh, Arab American who just got the job with the Jets, he was a defensive coordinator, okay? Todd Bowles, when he got the job with the Jets, he was a coordinator. Uh, Anthony Lynn, you know, same thing. He was a coordinator before he got the Chargers job. So when you don't have co- uh, coordinators and, and you're of color, it's hard to get a job. Mike Tomlin now has an offensive coordinator's job, and there are guys looking at him saying, Mike T., what are you going to do? And that's within his own community, black assistant coaches looking at the Steelers head coach and wondering, is he caring about trying to help other people in the same fashion in which he got help to get the job with the Pittsburgh Steelers? Danny, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not going to hate on Mike Tomlin. I, I don't know who was uh, who was available for these uh, coordinator jobs. I would have to do a little bit more research on it. One thing I do know about Mike Tomlin is as far as looking out for the black players, 
he is the guy. I've seen him uh, connect with, with, with guys and do podcasts and, and mentor a lot of the young black players to make sure that they're, they're doing the right things, giving them second chances, giving them third chances, uh, i.e. Uh, Dwayne Haskins, who he's going to take under his wing, who I thought who should never get another job for what he did to uh, Ron Rivera and his staff. <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know it, it, as far as that goes, I, I know he's looking out for, for, for the young black athletes. Um, as far as him hiring offensive and defensive coordinators of color, uh, I think that's something that I would have to do a little bit more research on. But, I, you know, I, I'm not I'm not going to throw him under the bus because uh, I think he has he has earned the, the right for us to, to give him the benefit of the doubt. So I think he'll make something work. And if, if it hasn't, I'm sure he has some type of reason for it. Yeah, I'm going I'm to I'm give him the benefit as well. Um, like McCray said, he, he is the player's coach. I mean, he's the ultimate player's coach, even if you're on other teams. I went against him twice in the playoffs, and he has done nothing but the most respect for any player out there. So I got to give him on that one. But overall, I mean, he is in a position of power to go ahead and elevate, you know, some some coaches of color into the right spots. And he has not done that yet. So like McCray said, I got to do a little bit more research on this one. I got to make sure uh, before I go out there on a tangent that, you know, he hasn't, you know, interviewed guys or he hasn't done this and that in the third. So I'm going to do a little bit more research on it, but I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because he's always seemed to be a player's coach, especially when it comes to the African-American community. And, and Ben uh, Roethlisberger probably has some say-so in those offensive coordinator jobs too. Some. He's probably... <laughs> He don't want us to sign in the papers, probably. <laughs> nah, we need this guy. Nah, hey, nah, Tom. Nah, Tom. This is not the guy we need. I told you I need this guy right here. I'm, I wouldn't put it past Big Ben on that one. <laughs> well, you know, Big Ben was obviously a guy who was instrumental in running off Todd Haley. And uh, you know what? They, they have not been able to find playoff success uh, in Pittsburgh in a while now. In, in fact, you know, since they lost that championship Super Bowl, Super Bowl 45 to Mike McCarthy and the Packers, it's, it's, been, uh, it's been playoff disappointments for the Steelers year in and year out. As far as Ben Roethlisberger's, uh, hey, look, I think they need to go ahead and move on. He's due $41 million next year. And Ooh! And if anything, you 41? saw his arm. Yes, and if you saw his arm, to me, his arm was looking just like Phillip Rivers' arm was and like Drew Brees' arm. It, it, they, dude, they ain't got no fastball in it no more. Okay, people are able to hit that thing. Um, he, he's not that guy. And if you're going to have a guy who can't throw it down the field like he used to, you better have a running game, and they don't have a running game. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers, in my opinion, would be wise to move on from Big Ben. Uh, because, look, once it goes, it's hard to get back. I mean, it was sad watching Drew Brees against Tampa Bay because Todd Bowles was just like, dude, you're not about to beat us deep, so we're just going to press your receivers. We're going to make it hard for you. And there was nothing he could do. Sean Payton, if anything, in that football game should have pulled Jameis Winston. After you saw Jameis, I mean, should have put in Jameis Winston because you saw Jameis hit that big touchdown pass. It was clear Jameis could throw the ball down the field. And maybe it was his sentiment and trying to say, I don't want, I, I want Drew Brees to go out on top. I want to hurt his feelings. But Drew Brees was not effective in that football game. You guys are DBs. You saw that dude had nothing for them. They were just sitting back there on these rounds. Hold on. Yeah, Hold on. A, now listen. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, man. Oh, yeah, go, go ahead, Church. Oh, listen, no, you Sean, listen. Go ahead, Sean go Payton. Sean Payton almost pulled a, a killing more in that game, though, man. I think we should have saw a little bit more of Alvin Kamara. And I'm gonna tell you this: Michael Thomas was getting clamped down. We could blame a lot of it on Drew Brees. Mr. Slant, but Michael Thomas, Mr. Slant, he, Mr. Slant, he was not open. He. <laughs> 
He was not open. I do not care what. No, if you watch them and how they played him, they played those short routes. They jumped them. They got they got the hands on them on the line of scrimmage, and they messed up the timing. And that is what Drew Brees is best at, man. Those timing routes, him and Michael Thomas. And once they took that away, and you didn't get Kamara the ball, they had no shot at it. So Drew Brees didn't look like the Drew Brees that we know. But I, I'm putting some of that on uh, on Sean Payton, and of course number one one three because he was getting clamped down. Like you know, I'm not even gonna get on my man like. <laughs> Team, man, I love I love Amari Cooper. I just want him to get the ball more. <laughs> Leave Cooper up out of this. Give him the man. ball. Give him the ball, man. That's all. I, I just want him to get the ball more. Like I wanted Kamara to get the ball more uh, in this playoff game. But Todd, like I said, Todd Bowles went out there and his defensive game plan was amazing. He, you know, he wasn't gonna let him beat him for a third time this season. They didn't let that happen. And De- oh oh Nui Devin White. Did you see Devin White out there? The LSU uh, product, the product of LSU. I'm just saying, man, he changed the entire game. And you remember he missed the previous playoff game, and and they looked a little different. But when he came back, he was an, uh, an instant game changer uh, for the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks against the New Orleans Saints. Hey, look, the Bucks, the Bucks have um, the Bucks have something right now. You know, they're they are. You got a quarterback who which uh, the guys believe in, and you got a defense right now. And Todd, Todd Bowles is putting it on folks right now. So, um, you know, props to them. And for New Orleans, it, it's interesting because certain coaches get get a lot of blame for playoff failures, and certain coaches, you know, get get passes. And here's another playoff game in which the Saints are favored at home, and they don't get the job done. Um, they didn't get it done. Uh, against Tampa Bay and then the year before remember Kirk Cousins in Minnesota they came into that building and won a game and then the year before that it was a bad call by the refs but they end up losing the NFC championship game at home to the Rams and then the year before that they had that Minneapolis miracle yes. in which Stephon Diggs <laughs> caught it in and ran in the end zone I mean you you guys have played in this league and you know it's hard to get in this position but they've been able to get in this position and you talk about four straight years of some really really bad heartbreaks but for some reason you know the head coach has has, has been able to get a pass on these um, and this looks like it's probably going to be the end of this run for the New Orleans Saints I don't see Drew Brees coming back they've got serious cap issues it looks like you know 2021 is going to be a rebuilding year for that organization yeah, without a doubt. I mean, they, they got they're losing more to Breeze. They got you know that that free safety Marcus Williams back there. He's probably going to be a high high uh, free agent commodity coming out there. It's going to cost them a lot to keep him. Um, maybe Jack Rabbit on the outside. I mean, they got some pieces. And I, you right, Nui. I think they're going to be a rebuilding year because uh, it's it's going to be tough. I don't see them. You know, especially with Tom Brady in that division next year. I I don't see New Orleans doing much, man. Hey, let me tell you something. You talk about Jack Rabbit. You see how they schemed up Jack Rabbit that game? They did. <laughs> they, got, they did. He, he, got six, he, he got a pick six the first time they played, and then they ran the exact same route with the exact same person, hit him with a double move, and they got my man down there for like a 40-yard game, man. They schemed up my man Jack Rabbit. But yeah, but I think the, the, the Saints, they are going to be in, in, in some kind of a, a rebuilding mode, but I'm not going to count Sean Payton out for being able to compete in the NFC South. I think, I think they'll still be a competitor. They just won't look the same as they've looked in previous years, which could be a good thing because they've been good in the regular season and not so good in the playoffs. So maybe they flip it around and barely, barely get into the playoffs and, and have a really good playoff run. All right. Um, let's, let's dive here into some, so, some playoff games here. Uh, last week, Church, you were 0-4. What? You were 0-4 with the Pistons. Oh, 0-4? You picked the, you picked the Rams to win 24-17. That didn't happen. 
You picked Baltimore to beat Buffalo 28-24. That didn't happen. You picked Cleveland to upset Kansas City 24-21. That didn't happen. <laughs> and you picked the Saints to beat Tampa Bay 31-28. That didn't happen. That's, that, that's, that is 0 for 4. Ah, man. It's the altitude. I'm Ooh. telling you, man. Up here in Colorado, the altitude, man, it, it messes with you, man. Me, I, oof, I was 0 for 4? You talk about horrible. You talk about horrible. Ooh. That was bad. Playoff news right there. Boy, you that bad. was bad news, man. Playoff P out here. I'm out here looking terrible, man. This is. Mm. <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, McCray was unbeaten. He picked Green Bay, Buffalo, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay to win. He was four and zero. Oh. I no 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 no. Two listen, two. I'm not gonna take that. I'm not gonna take that new. I think you switched up me and Church's uh, picks. I think Church picked. Tampa to win because I picked New Orleans. You damn right. I picked I picked New Orleans to win 31-28. So I I got that as an X on my. This ain't the first time. This ain't the first time I've been swindled. No, you're trying to get the people out here getting me zero and four. One and three ain't much better though. No, no, no. You know, you was yeah. You 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 was one and three. You was one and three. I was three (laughs) out of four. I'm eight. I'm eight. I'm eight out of eleven over the entire playoffs. So your record is horrible. It's bad. Horrible. (laughs) <laughs> it's bad, but I ain't go. I ain't go out like the Detroit Lions, zero and sixteen, and I got one victory in there. Right, I, got one. <laughs> I got one. Shout out, I got shout out to Marinelli. <laughs> shout out to Marinelli. Right, I, was, <laughs> I, I was, I was, two and zero. So, all right, we we've got two games this two week. Two and zero. We got two games. How you two and zero? How you was two and zero? I said I was two and two. Nah, you just said two and zero, bro. <laughs> <laughs> No, he definitely I, I, said I, I, two and <laughs> No, I was two and two. Two and two. Two and two. All right, all right. Uh, I'm sorry. It's written right. right there. It says two, two and two. I was two and two. I had, I, I, okay. I, I, I had Green Bay. I had Green Bay who won, Baltimore who lost, Kansas City who won, and New Orleans who, who, uh, who lost. I was two and two. So I was two right. and two. So moving, so moving on that. to this week, we got Tampa Bay at Green Bay. Green Bay is a three and a half point favorite church who you got man look i'm gonna go ahead and go with green bay on this one i think the only people that are used to playing in the cold for tampa bay are tom brady and uh gradkowski so those florida boys going up there i I don't see them doing much success up there so i'm gonna go green bay 31 tampa bay 21 dmac yep i got green bay 30 to 24 i think uh Aaron Rodgers has something to prove for that performance that he put on that first time that they played. Ty Bowles had his number, and uh, they, they, just did, they didn't look very well. Um, so I'm going to go with Green Bay, 30-24. Uh, Give me Tampa Bay to go on the road and win it 23-20. to Tom Brady goes there and... Um, you know, I mean, look, there's just something about this guy. I mean, you know, he spent so much, so much of his career playing in these title games. And I remember two years ago when they went to Kansas City, I didn't think there was any way they were going to win the game. And Kansas City had them, and then Frank Clark jumped outside, and and we all know the rest of the story here. Tampa Bay wins this. They become the first team to ever play in their home stadium at the Super Bowl. So I'm going to go with Tampa Bay to pull off a, a close upset 23-20 at Lambeau Field. You better keep, for you better keep JaVale, you better keep JaVale Dean off of uh, Devontae Adams. I know that. Uh, or you're going to be yeah, in for a long game. 
<laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna look oh. ugly. But I mean, let me ask y'all a question: Do y'all think if Aaron Rodgers loses this game, do y'all think that hurts his legacy at all as one of the greatest no. to ever do it? Okay. No. What about you, D Mac? First ballot. First ballot. First ballot. Hall of Fame. First ballot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think he'll be first ballot. Um, I, I think it, it'll do more for boosting up Tom Brady's uh, legacy than, than taking away from uh, Aaron Rodgers. I think he's still going to be be the guy, but for him to lose the first uh, championship hosting home game, I think that that would really suck for him. But Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers, no matter if he loses or wins this game. We can the eye test tells us everything we need to know about this guy. Okay, I just think Ty Bowles is going. His defense is going to be tough with just just one receiver. You know, you're going to need. You know, this is where had they taken a Jordan Jefferson in the draft instead of taking the quarterback Love, then then I'd have, that'd have been something to see. But I just don't think one receiver is going to be able to go out here and, and, and take down this Ty Bowles defense. I, I just and we saw, we saw what we saw what they did to Michael Thomas last week, and so I, I'm expecting Tampa Bay's defense to come. T- defense travels. I expect them to be good. I think I, th- I listen uh, as, for as much slack as they got about not drafting help for Aaron Rodgers in the first round uh, last year. I think that the Green Bay receiving core is better than uh, the New Orleans receiving core. I think they have more weapons. I think uh, Valdez Scantling and uh, Devontae Adams, I think those guys have been making plays and they've earned the right to say that they are a formidable receiving core uh, this year. Now, Devontae Adams is the star guy, but these other guys have been making plays all season. So I'm not, I don't want to take nothing away from them and say that they only got one receiver. The other guys can play ball as well, and I think they're going to show up, one, because they're playing out there in the snow in Lambeau, and uh, you got a team from Florida coming up there to play, you know, up there in the snow and those flurries, and it's going to be a little different for them, so they're going to have to get that running game going, but Aaron Rodgers showed last, last week that they're prepared to play up there in Lambeau. All right, it's on tape. That's the thing. We got it on tape now. We'll, we'll see, we'll see uh, how, how wrong or right I am next week. Buffalo <laughs> travels to Kansas City. Kansas City is a three-point favorite. Patrick Mahomes has been in concussion protocol here. Church, where are you going? Man, I'm, I'm going to go with my heart on this one simply because I just don't I don't particularly care for Kansas City or, or Patrick Mahomes, man. Nothing against him personally. I just I don't know, man. Just his just I don't know how he steps on the field with his head <laughs> off sideways. Like, Steph I'm just Curry. too good for y'all. Let me <laughs> let me go ahead and throw this. No, look, pad. You know, like, like Steph Curry, how, he, how he's chewing on his mouthpiece. I am hating. I am hating right now. I'm hating. And I'll be I admit it. I'm hating it's because it's nothing. Personally, I just don't I just, you know, don't don't care for the team or him. But overall, I'm, you know, it's I the hope, hair, church. And I, it's the hair. It's, that's what it is. You, it's flowing. That's what it is. It's curly. It's flowing. He got the little highlights on there. I mean, he had, his, his, his head goes to the side when he gets on the field. I, just a couple things that, you know, just kind of just kind of poke holes at me. But um, overall, man, I hope Buffalo pulls this one out. I hope they do. I hope Josh Allen steps up. Stephon Diggs. I hope they go up there at Kansas City and they put a beat down on him. I don't know if it's going to happen for sure, but I'm hoping so. So I'm going to go Buffalo. 28, Kansas City, 27. Okay, church, listen, we we are on the same page this week, bro, because I got Buffalo, 35, Kansas City, 31. 
I think that this is mm-hmm. Buffalo's year. They they've been playing well, and they they would have been even better if it wasn't for that Hill Murray uh, pass that they gave up against DeAndre Hopkins. I think that changed the season for them and helped them out. But they would have been even an even better team with that if they hadn't had that one loss. But I think that Josh Allen is playing outstanding. Cole Beasley, uh, uh, Diggs is playing outstanding, and their defense. I think they're going to be able to do something with Patrick Mahomes and them. They not. Let me tell you something. Kansas City is not going to be able to come out and play slow like they've been doing in previous playoff games and beat this Buffalo Bills team. So I think that Buffalo gets this uh, win and they, and they go to the Super Bowl. Shout out to McDermott. <laughs> All right. I, I'm just going to be the lone wolf this week. I'll be the lone wolf this week. And I'm going to assume Patrick Mahomes is playing in this football game. And I'll take them to win 27-24. My... My reason for the pick is if you're going to beat Kansas City, you got to have some type of running game. They have no running game. Uh, 19 carries in the last two playoff games for the Buffalo Bills running backs. And obviously we know they've got Josh Allen, and Josh Allen is a weapon in the running game. But I just think when we look at how do you beat Kansas City, you you got to be able to run the football effectively, and that's not something Buffalo does. So that's where I'm going to go with Kansas City to win it. I also think about the experience. Uh, this is a challenging experience here. Um, and Barry, you've played in one of these AFC Championship games. Um, when you're a young team, you're coming into a game like this and you're going on the road, that's a challenge. And yes, it I, is. I think it would not be surprised to see Buffalo come out here and, and, and get out to a lead in this football game, especially if Patrick is, is fe- feeling some effects from that concussion. But I just think in the end, We'll just see Kansas City get it done, just like we saw last week against Cleveland, where Kansas City didn't have their best game. But you don't always have to play your best. You have to play your best football when you have to. And that's that's what the Kansas City Chiefs have done the last two years. I don't think we give them enough credit for the kind of run they're on. This has been a fantastic run, two-year run, actually three-year run of football uh, to be back here, you know, third AFC Championship game. But uh, this is a heck of a football team, and I just think they find a way to, to get it done on a big stage somewhere where they, I think the experience pays off on this one, gentlemen. Hey, Cleveland should be ashamed of themselves. Cleveland should be. How are you going to let Chad Henney, Chad Henney come out here and bust you for a 14-yard run, man? And then on fourth and inches, you know, I don't even need my running back. I'm going to go ahead and do this sprint out. Boom. How y'all let Chad Henney do that? Chad Henney ain't stepped on the field since my days in Jacksonville may be the preseason of 2017. And he's out there willing hey, to do hey. I just I couldn't believe that one. I couldn't believe it. Sure. You, you see you see the difference, right, Church? Fourth and inches. So what, what play they run? Sprint out, they get their inches, and they get out the game. But what we run on fourth and inches? Oh, a five, <laughs> five six-yard hitch route. That's the difference. You know who got an interv- and you know who got an interview for a head coaching job and who didn't? Kellen Moore no, got no, an Kellen interview Moore. for a head coaching job for calling that. Eric Bieniemy did not get a head coaching interview job. I mean, uh, did not get a head coaching job. Ain't that something? That is that is mm. I, that's crazy. Mm. Well, he, he mm. could mm. he could he could get the Houston job, so he, he's still in play for the Houston job. That's the only only team that has not filled the job. Atlanta went with Arthur Smith here to fill their job. Um, we talked about Saleh with the, with the Jets and the Chargers hired Brandon Staley and, and Urban Meyer to uh, to Jacksonville. Dan Campbell to, up there to to uh, the D- Detroit Lions here. Look, um, Barry, I'm going to take exception with you on this point about. The, the Cleveland game, they should have never punted that football. I thought that yep. they needed to go for it. 
that was on Kevin Stefanski, the head coach. You needed to go ahead and tell Baker Mayfield and his offense, guys, we're not giving it back to them because we, we know what their offense is capable of, even if, even if Mahomes isn't there. We, got, we, we know what that offense has. They've got weapons. So we're going to keep the football. What's the best part of our team? It's, it's our ability to run this football. We're going to run it on these guys. We're going to go for it here, go keep these chains moving. Mm-hmm. I thought that's what Kansas City, uh, should say Cleveland should have done in Kansas City is not punt the ball and put it on your offense and go ahead and win the game. You got an offensive head coach. To me, that's what they should have done. They didn't do it, and, and they lost a football game. But I also go back to this, guys. That's a young football team. Young football yep. team, first-time head coach. You know, th- th- this is that process. This is learning about it. So I'm, I'm telling you, man, as a guy who covered the previous Cleveland playoff win, okay, 25 years ago when I had hair and a mustache, all right, 1994, <laughs> I was there in 1994. Cleveland fans may have been disappointed in losing, but believe me, they're happy with the season that they had. You know, you can, Cleveland's a place where coming in second's okay. They gave the Cleveland Indians a parade for losing the World Series in 1995. That town is different, okay? They're, they're happy to take what they've got, Barry. It's okay up there. And, <laughs> And hopefully their GM, Andrew Barry, can, can get them some more pieces and get Stefanski some more pieces. But I like what they have built in Cleveland. They've built um, what I think is a good foundation, kind of like what we're watching in Buffalo, where you're seeing some really strong building blocks and what, what they're doing as organizations. And, and I, I feel that's pretty positive. I'm hoping the Dallas Cowboys can start to do that this offseason of free agency and the draft is start to build some pieces. Give your coaching staff some of the pieces that they need, especially on defense. I know you guys don't want to hear it, but doggone it. First round, we need to look at defense. It needs to be D-line or, D- or defensive backfield. And I'm leaning more and more towards trading out of that 10 spot and trying to get some help on that D-line, fellas. That's just me. Hey, you right about I'm, I'm with you on that one. All defense. I'm with you on that one. And, and real quick before we before we cut out, before we cut out, man, huge shout out to Miles Austin, man. He just he got the uh, wide receiver coaching job over with the Jets um, under Robert Sala out there. So, I mean, I know he's been he's been grinding to get that to get a gig as a wide receiver coach for a long time. So huge shout out to Miles Austin. Hopefully he can turn that uh, Jets organization around. Absolutely. Well, you talk about a guy with substance. Miles My- Austin has a lot of substance. You look at his career coming from Monmouth and what he did in the National Football League and, and, and a guy who went and grinded. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. we talk enough about guys who played in the league. Who, you know, He had a Pro Bowl career and humbled himself enough to say, I will go and grind. And that's what he did. And, and, and it's good to see him rewarded. And Miles Austin is definitely a guy, I think, when, when other receivers look at him in that receiver room, like a Mims kid from, from uh, Baylor who's over there, he's going to be able to look and see, hey, man, there's a guy who's about substance. And I can believe what he says because he knows how to teach. He knows what he's doing. And he did it in this league. So good for Miles Austin to be able to, uh, to, to, to move on and and uh, land that job with the Jets, and hopefully the Jets can turn it around. I hope they keep Sam Darnold. I don't think that Sam Darnold is the problem. I think you're sitting there at number two, trade out of that number two pick, try and get some fo- get some help around Sam Darnold and, and an actual leader. I thought Adam Gates was a terrible head coach. Thought he was a terrible offensive coordinator. So I would not give up on Sam Darnold. I don't think he was a problem. I think it was so much bad around him. And but but hopefully the Jets are smart enough to to realize that they they need so much help and trade that number two pick to somebody who wants a quarterback can be pretty valuable here. We got a lot to talk about here over the next coming weeks. So we'll do this every Friday, 
Players Lounge. Uh, I'm sure I'll be 0-2, and, and Danny and, and Church will be right, and they'll be able to give me a whole lot of grief <laughs> for my playoff picks coming into next week. Hey, fellas. Um, always fun. Good stuff there. Chris Beam, our producer, we appreciate you. Hopefully you've enjoyed the hour. Uh, tell friends about our show. Retweet it on Twitter. Pass it around on social media. We appreciate it. I'm Louis Scruggs. That's Barry Church and Danny McCray. This is Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!